So this evening, we begin another year of Lectio Divina. It was very easy the last three years to choose the passages, since we have simply been going section by section through the Gospel of Mark. And even though that is the shortest gospel, it takes three years to divide it up into little pieces. But at the end of this past year, I had to think, what passages should we meditate upon during this coming year's Lecture Divina? And I thought it would be wise to meditate upon wisdom. I think this is true because as I reflect on my own life, I recognize how much wisdom is needed in my own life and I think in the lives of each one of us. Life is complicated, life is often difficult, so very much to learn and understand. As the old saying goes, the life so short, the craft so long to learn, until finally as we get near the end of life, we may figure we've understood a few things. And so it is good to seek the sources of wisdom. Wisdom is more than knowledge, it's more than intelligence, it's more than skill, it's more than understanding or insight. Wisdom is that deep, holistic grasp of what it means to be a child of God, living in this frail and fallen world. But in looking at all these books of wisdom, I thought, you know, what we should do is spend the year on the church book, Liber Ecclesiasticus, the church book. This is the book sometimes called Sirach from the Old Testament. It's called Liber Ecclesiasticus or the church book because in the early days of the church, the people gathered together and were taught from this book. It teaches a lot about how to live and that's something we all need. And so I thought this is what we'll use this year. Sirach, the church book. This book was written around 180 BC in Hebrew by a wise man, Yeshua ben Sirach, Sirach. It's written in Hebrew and we have about 68% of the Hebrew text still survives. They found it in Masada, we found it at Qumran and they found it in the storeroom of a synagogue in Cairo called the Geniza. So altogether, we can patch together about 68% of the Hebrew text of the book. But what we mostly rely on was the fact that the, just as in our own day, most Jewish people don't fluently read Hebrew or speak in Hebrew to one another, unless they're in Israel. So too in ancient times, in the world around just in the centuries before and during the time of Jesus, most people spoke Greek to one another. Greek was the common language like English is today. And so there was a translation made into Greek of many books, the books of the Bible. And that is called the Septuagint. And in that we have the complete book of Sirach. And that is the book which had a great influence on the New Testament. It was included by the Christians in the sacred writings along with the book of wisdom and first and second Maccabees and things like that. It was not accepted after a while by the Jewish people. So that's why the Hebrew text kind of faded away but it is a book which is used by the Christian people to be the church book, to learn how to live. It speaks of wisdom, it speaks of the law of God, it speaks of the fear of the Lord, which is the source of wisdom. Our brothers and sisters in Christ in the first centuries needed it, we need it, and this year we will meditate upon it. And so this evening we will be meditating upon the second chapter of the book of Sirach.
So let's enter now into a spirit of prayer to listen to the word of God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful, and kindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit, and we shall be created. You shall renew the face of the earth. In this time of prayer, let us get rid of all those things, that clutter, that static, that so often fills our heads and our lives. Away with it all. Let's open our hearts and our minds to the Holy Word of God. Let there be a pathway to our hearts. Wisdom, be attentive. May all the sins which weigh down so much upon us, let's cast them away because they are rocks in the path that block the pathway to our hearts. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. As we hear the holy word of God in the book of Sirach, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. My son, if you come forward to serve the Lord, remain in justice and in fear and prepare yourself for temptation. Set your heart right and be steadfast. Incline your ear and receive words of understanding and do not be hasty in time of calamity. Await God's patience, cling to him and do not depart, that you may be wise in all your ways. Accept whatever is brought upon you and endure it in sorrow. In changes that humble you, be patient. For gold and silver are tested in the fire and acceptable men in the furnace of humiliation Trust in God, and he will help you. Hope in him, and he will make your ways straight. Stay in fear of him, and grow old in him. You who fear the Lord, wait for his mercy, and turn not aside, lest you fall. You who fear the Lord, trust in him, and your reward will not fail. You who fear the Lord, hope for good things, for everlasting joy and mercy. You who fear the Lord, love him, and your hearts will be made radiant. Consider the ancient generations and see whoever trusted in the Lord and was put to shame, or whoever persevered in his commandments and was forsaken, or whoever called upon him and was overlooked. For the Lord is compassionate and merciful. He forgives sins and saves in time of affliction. And he is the shield of all who seek him in truth. Woe to timid hearts and to slack hands and to the sinner who walks along two ways. Woe to the faint heart for it has no trust. Therefore it will not be sheltered. Woe to you who have lost your endurance, 
What will you do when the Lord punishes you? Those who fear the Lord will not disobey his words, and those who love him will keep his ways. Those who fear the Lord will seek his approval, and those who love him will be filled with the law. Those who fear the Lord will prepare their hearts and will humble themselves before him. Let us fall into the hands of the Lord, but not into the hands of men. For as his majesty is, so also is his mercy. As we listen to these words, as always when we meditate upon the word of God, what do these words say to my head, to my heart, and to my hands, to know to love and to serve the Lord. For that is what God's word does. It helps us to understand, fills us with love, and shows us practically how to live. And that especially is true of the books of wisdom. It is the hands, how to show us how to live in this world, practically in the midst of the complications we face. To see, to love, to serve. And so we always should ask ourselves that whenever we read the Holy Word of God. My son, if you come forward to serve the Lord, remain in justice and in fear, and prepare yourself for temptation. My son, my child, listen, my son, listen, my child. Wisdom writings came originally from the family. Mothers and fathers would teach their children as they do to this day because they loved them and wanted them to be able to understand early on before they had to suffer themselves the wisdom that had been gained from painful experience. And so this is very intimate. My son, my child, listen, listen. If you come forward to serve the Lord, and that's what we're all called to do, if you come forward to serve the Lord, remain in justice and in fear. We must be in justice. We must be right-hearted. We must be pure of heart, righteous, to do what God calls us to do. Not self-righteous, where we set ourselves up as the norm of life. No, that's the very opposite of wisdom. For that is to make ourselves into God, and that's not right. But to live in justice, to be a just person. It is said of St. Joseph, he was a just man. And that sums up a lot. To be an honorable person. Not to be sneaky and craven and shifty. Too often we can go that way, and too often we find that in this world. But if you want to serve the Lord, Remain in justice and in fear, not to be afraid or frightened. Fear not, it is I, says the Lord Jesus. Do not be afraid. Be not afraid, is what the Lord tells us in the gospel. But that's not what we're talking about here. Two different sections of this chapter of Ecclesiasticus of Sirach say, the one who fears the Lord, fears the Lord, fears the Lord. This is the fear 
is talking about. It means the fear of the Lord, which is of the very heart and foundation of wisdom, is to recognize the majesty of God. Awe in his presence. It's one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And in the text we use in confirmation, it says awe, to be in awe in his presence, to marvel, wonder, and awe in the presence of God. God's not our buddy, God is our loving Father. And we should be in wonder and awe in his presence. And then we will have wisdom because the most foolish thing we can do is to be filled with pride, to not see reality. Wisdom always shows us reality as it truly is. And as a very wise saying says, reality bats last. We can live in illusion here and there, back and forth, year after year. There's no safety in that, no life in that, no love. The fear of the Lord is when we recognize God is God and I am not. It is take off your shoes for you're on holy ground. The greatest enemy of wisdom, the greatest source of folly is egoism and narcissism, where we worship the one in the mirror. And that is to be a fool because the one in the mirror is just an image. I, the middle letter of both pride and sin. And so this is what he means here. Remain in justice and in fear, the fear of the Lord, and prepare yourselves for temptation. Oh, I never promised you a rose garden. I remember the only rose garden has a snake in the middle of it. And that's where we're called to serve the Lord. Not in Never Never Land, but in a land where we will be tested. And in the testing, we will be purified. And those things within us which will not bear testing will be burned away. Think of how God loved the people in the journey through the desert. They could have gone, slipped up the coast, but they didn't. They went through the desert on the way to the promised land. And there they came to know their need for God and for one another. They were tested, they were tempted. And if you want to serve the Lord, prepare yourself for temptation. Because it is in that that we discover our need for God. And we discover also in a testing that we go through the strength that God has given to us. Our life, the crises we face, sometimes when we're young and sometimes when we're older, these crises and pressures, they bring out within us what is really there. Just as dye is used in medicine to highlight what's there, so testing and temptation highlight and reveal to us what we need to see. My son, if you come forward to serve the Lord, remain in justice and in fear, prepare yourselves for temptation. Let's ask the Lord to help each one of us, whatever situation you or I may be in, not to think I'm gonna glide along. As the most wise, wise man, St. Thomas More said, 
We do not get to heaven on feather beds. No, no, no. We come to heaven by the way of the cross and through testing. And we should never be so proud as to think we will always succeed in that. So let us ask the Lord to help each one of us in whatever testing we're facing, whatever it may be, it's different for every one of us, that we may be faithful, that we may not get discouraged, but that we may grow in humility and in wisdom as we face whatever testing it is which we're going through. Set your heart right and be steadfast. Incline your ear and receive words of understanding and do not be hasty in time of calamity. Wow, there's a lot in there. These things, you know, you always talk about unpacking things. Well, wisdom is just like, woof, it unpacks. Set your heart right and be steadfast. Life is a marathon, not a sprint. Set your heart right. Let our hearts be solid. The heart meaning the whole self, the, the very inner core. And we must be, have an inner core or we will truly be fools. Let my symbol not be the weather vane that spins with every passing breeze. May I have a heart that is steadfast, set right, and steadfast, solid, enduring. You know, the old wise saying, a proverb of our own time, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. But it's not just human toughness, it's steadfastness. It's to be dependable. I think we all want a steadfast friend, not one that, you know, a fair weather friend. When we're near, when we're having everything's good, they're there, but when things get rough, poof, where do they go? No, no, we want steadfastness in ourselves and in others. Set your heart right and be steadfast. Incline your ear and receive words of understanding. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. You know, sometimes people are not programmed to receive. Think of it. Incline your ear. Let's listen. God gave us one mouth and two ears. There's a message there. Incline your ear and listen. How often each one of us, when someone's talking to us, we're we thinking of what we're going to say next, rather than actually listening to what they're saying? How often our minds are distracted. We're not attentive. I'll never forget my very first encounter with Pope John Paul. I was a very young priest, and I was studying in Rome by the command of my bishop. And I had a very brief moment when Pope John Paul was coming along a line of many, many priests, and he had three more rooms of them that he had to go through before he got to lunch. Poor man. He was coming down the line, and he, there's a picture of me as a young priest. There wasn't as much of me then as there is now. A lot of me, you know, a lot of who I am now wasn't ordained. Um, <laughs> anyway, I was there, and there's a picture of me and Pope John Paul looking like we're in deep conversation. But actually, he just looked at me, he came down, there he was, the Pope. And I said, Thomas Collins of Hamilton Diocese. And then the Vicar of Christ on earth said these marvelous words to me. Hamilton, yes. Then he moved on. 
you know, he was only there a half a second. That probably, the, But I had the sense. I'll never forget it. I haven't forgotten it. It was, I don't know, 40 years ago, 30 years ago. That for that brief moment, he was paying attention to me. Attention. Incline your ear. Incline your ear and receive words of understanding. We should be attentive to the word that we receive, to the, what is wisdom that is spoken to us by the people around us. And we need to attentively, be attentive, incline our ear to life, to listen before we speak, before we judge rashly. Let's get it right. Listen, be attentive. That's very wise and so very hard to do because we're usually thinking so quickly about what we want to say. And we lose a lot if we're not listening. And so incline your ear to words and receive words of understanding and do not be hasty in time of calamity. I mean, there's going to be testing. Prepare yourself for temptation and you're going to have calamities. So do not be hasty in time of calamity. Help, I'm going down. Oh my gosh, what's going on? Oh, we're all going to face it. But if we're going to be wise, we will be so grounded in steadfastness, so attentive to what's there, that when calamity comes as it will, whatever it may be in personal relationships, our own life, the world around us, all the things we're facing, you want me to fill you in on my calamities of the day? <laughs> Here we go. Anyway, we face them all. It's so easy to be overwhelmed by them. And just, ah, what am I going to do? Keep calm and carry on. That's very important. I mean, I haven't seen the movie Dunkirk, but I've studied, I've, you know, I know what happened there. Keep calm, carry on. Don't be hasty in time of calamity. That makes a lot of sense. Oh, we need this wisdom every day. We could live in every one of these lines. Maybe a line of this, you know, an, ap uh, what, an apple a day keeps the doctor away. Well, a line of Ecclesiasticus every day. Oh, my. Await God's patience. Cling to him and do not depart, that you may be wise in all your ways. We need to see what we do in the light of God. God's patience. You know, be patient with me. God's not finished with me yet. Well, I remember patience. I remember hearing once when I was a child, patience is a virtue. Possess it if you can. It's seldom found in women and never found in men. <laughs> well, I don't know if that's true or not, but maybe, maybe there's a certain truth to it. Let's be patient. It's just not, you know, keep calm, carry on, and await the Lord. You know, there's a great wisdom, great wisdom, that I think it may have come from General Eisenhower, but maybe someone else, to divide the things ahead of us according to whether they're urgent or important. And some things are both urgent and important, like the house burning down. We've got to attend to those things right away. But we should, above all, pay attention to things that are important, but not urgent. Because very few things are really urgent. We should be patient, not be hasty, not always going for the fast thing. If we spend our life being attentive to things that are important, 
the need to be looked at wisely in terms of our whole life. We all have fewer emergencies that are urgent and important. And so we await the patience of God. Accept whatever is brought upon you and endure it in sorrow. In changes that humble you, be patient. Accept whatever is brought upon you and endure it in sorrow. Presuming that what we're talking about here are not joyful things, but there are things that come upon us. Endure it. Hang in there. Keep calm. Carry on. Endure it. In sorrow, because it may be it is painful to us. In changes that humble you, be patient. Be grateful too, in fact, because a lot of things that humble us, boy, they're hard to take. I remember when reading about Winston Churchill, he was victorious in World War II, gloriously triumphant. And then right after the war, the British people tossed him out and got another prime minister. He writes in one of his memoirs, having found Britain in a great disaster and having led her to victory, the people of Britain dismissed me from their service. And he was very despairing, depressed. And his wife said, Winston, it's a blessing in disguise. She may have been reading the book of Sirach. And he said, well, it is very well disguised. <laughs> when we're humbled and humiliated, just say, well, there we are. As my dad used to say, if it wasn't this, it'd be something else. He was a very wise man. He also used to say, do the best you can with what you've got where you are. And it's hard to beat that for wisdom. For gold and silver are tested in the fire, and acceptable men in the furnace of humiliation. Yes. We need to go on and be tested and not let the, the glitter that first attracts be what we live by. Acceptable men are tested in the furnace of humiliation. That's very hard to take. To see when we are humiliated, when we stumble, when we fall flat in our face. And yet sometimes that's when if we will only listen, listen, be attentive, that we can most grow in wisdom. It's from our mistakes that we learn, not from our successes. Our successes may just puff us up. But our mistakes, if we will be humble and fear the Lord and realize we're not God, in humiliation we can become bitter, and that is foolish. But that's a waste of time, and time is something we none of us have very much of. But if in humiliation, when we think of something being successful and suddenly we fall flat in our face, that's when we can learn. We can learn about our need for God and for one another. We can learn not to be so cocky and so full of ourselves. That's a healthy and good thing. Just like it's really good to go to confession. You know, bless me, Father, for I have sinned. Maybe I'll be a little more compassionate of the people around me. The same can happen when we're tested in the furnace of humiliation, but it's a furnace. It's not a pleasant place. Anyone who says, I enjoy being humiliated is just not right. I mean, that's crazy. We all hate it when we stumble in our, especially if our faults are made known to others. But it is in that that we are placed at the crossroads. 
we can turn, we can shrivel up and turn bitter, and that is ultimately the way of foolishness. Or we can learn through our mistakes, our failures, our humiliation, and in the furnace of humiliation, we can become wise, compassionate towards everybody else who also experiences this. We can grow deeper. And that's why God allows us to be tested and to experience these failures. I often think of that in one of my great heroes, uh, Bishop Sheen, uh, who was successful in everything he did for most of his life, just a total one success after another. Then he was given responsibility for a diocese, and he did really a lot of things that went wrong. He gave a parish away to the poor and forgot to consult the parishioners, things like that. Um, you know, it's just that wasn't his, his strength, you know. But after he went through that, and he, he had the, hum, the humble wisdom to say to the Pope, I think I should be doing other work. I'm, this isn't for me. He retired. And he went on to be more and more profound in doing the great thing he could do, and that is to help other people to grow in holiness. But I think it was when he stumbled a bit that he grew more profound. His intelligence sparkled all through his life, but his wisdom grew more profound when he had been tested in the furnace of humiliation. Trust in God, and he will help you hope in him, and he will make your way straight. Stay in fear of him and grow old in him. Trust in God, and he will help you. Hope in him, and he will make your ways straight. In the Old Testament, the idea of the way, the path, our life, our behavior is the way. In fact, the early Christians called Christianity the way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's how we live. And we need our ways to be made straight because we're usually going into the ditch. We have defective steering. As Chesterton said, the only thing we can prove in our faith is original sin. So we need our ways to be straight and we're always slipping off into folly and sin. Stay in fear of him and grow old in him. They always say growing old is not so good unless you consider the alternatives. Well, we need to grow old in him slowly. And that's maybe the greatest thing we see is old people growing old in the Lord who have grown in humility and wisdom as they grow older, not like Solomon who went backwards. They say, I remember reading somewhere, warriors go by horse, but civilization goes on foot because it's only on foot at that slow pace that little children and old people can travel. And we need little children and old people to make our life viable. The warriors in the middle zone are not enough to grow, to live, to be wise. We need to grow old in God and stay in fear of him. Let's ask the Lord to help us to have that wisdom, to be patient, to listen, May I grow old, slowly, in wonder and awe at the Lord.
You who fear the Lord, wait for his mercy and turn not aside lest you fall. You who fear the Lord, trust in him and your reward will not fail. You who fear the Lord, hope in good things for everlasting joy and mercy. You who fear the Lord, love him and your hearts will be made radiant. You who fear the Lord, who are in wonder and awe in his presence, wait for his mercy. For the Lord whom we fear, we do not fear as a tyrant. We are in wonder and awe. That's what fear of the Lord means. We know God is God and I am not. And we know that the Lord of justice is the Lord of mercy. And we know in fact that when we see him face to face, whatever that may be, it will be Jesus Christ, our savior, who is there on the throne of judgment. And he sees us and knows us. You who fear the Lord, wait for his mercy slow to anger, rich in kindness, abounding in mercy, justice and mercy, concave and convex. Remember it says at the beginning, live in justice. Now it says, speaks of the Lord of mercy. Which is better, justice or mercy? Yes. One without the other is unthinkable. You who fear the Lord, wait for his mercy and turn not aside lest you fall. That's the justice part. Turn not aside, lest you fall. We do not presume upon the mercy of God, but we know it is there, but he does invite us and calls us to turn not aside, get off the path, lose our way, and fall. You who fear the Lord, trust in him, and your reward will not fail. You who fear the Lord, hope in good for good things and everlasting joy and mercy. Our life is filled with hope because the Lord of all who governs this universe is slow to anger, rich in kindness, abounding in mercy. He calls us in justice to follow the right path. He's always there to catch us, to bring us back in his mercy. And that fills us with joy. Our faith is to be a faith filled with joy. As I say so often, the faith that is sad or mad and not glad is bad. We cannot look upon our faith as something grim. Fear the Lord, or he's going to crush you. That is not what the fear of the Lord means. You who fear the Lord, love him, and your hearts will be made radiant. It is the love, our love for the Lord, and more than that, his love for us. To know that is to be wise. To know that is to be wise. May we be wise like that. Consider the ancient generations and see who, whoever trusted in the Lord and was put to shame, or whoever persevered in his commandments and was forsaken, or whoever called upon him and was overlooked. For the Lord is compassionate and merciful. He forgives sins and saves in time of affliction. And he is the shield of all who seek him in truth. That's so true. We look back to ancient generations. We see the mercy of God, the provident hand of God throughout all of history. Now, there's another side to this. Because this can be taken too far. Like anything, wisdom always involves contrasting things. We've got to know how to balance them. For example, two proverbs. 
He who hesitates is lost. Act quickly. Look before you leap. Act slowly. That's what we should do. Which should we do? Well, that requires wisdom. And so when we look at this, consider the ancient generations and see whoever trusted in the Lord was put to shame. That's very true. But in the book of Job, we see a man who trusted in the Lord and was put to shame. We see one who persevered in the commandments and seemed to be forsaken. For that matter, our Lord on the cross says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why is it that good people suffer? That's something that Sirach doesn't answer here. We need to go deeper somewhere else for that. But this simply speaks of the fact that God is with his people, and that is certainly true. But there are deep areas of the reality of evil in this world which Sirach doesn't touch. And we must be thankful that God gives us the book of Sirach, and we must be thankful that God does not just give us the book of Sirach. For it's in the book of Job, and more than that, on our Lord Jesus on the cross that we find the answer to why is it that good people suffer. But we do also listen to Sirach. Consider the ancient generations and see whoever trusted in the Lord and was put to shame. We're never really put to shame if we trust in the Lord. Or who even, whoever persevered in commandments and was forsaken. For the Lord is compassionate and merciful. He forgives sins and saves in time of affliction. So very true. He is the shield of all who seek him in truth. So what are we to do? Woe to timid hearts and to slack hands, to the sinner who walks along two ways. Oh yes, woe to timid hearts. Wisdom does not mean saying, oh dear, what do I do? You know the, the parable of the, the talents? Timid hearts, burying your talent. No, no. We're not, our, our faith doesn't make us timid, measure our life with a little teaspoon. No, woe to timid hearts. That's not wise. That may seem to be wise. I'm cautious. No, that's not wise. And do slack hands, goofing off. I just saw a wonderful t-shirt today. A young boy had it on. I'm not lazy. I'm just on low energy mode. That's so good. <laughs> but um, that's not what Sirach is recommending, everyone. <laughs> Woe to slack hands. There's a lot of stuff in the book of Proverbs about that. The lazy sluggard rolls over in his bed and says, there's a lion in the street. I won't go outside. So that's, that's true. That's so very true. To the sinner who walks along two ways, like that, purity of heart is to will one thing. Just as actually multitasking is very foolish. We don't really multitask. It's unwise to do that so too, even more so, in the way in which we live. We can't walk along, we can't be two-faced, double-faced, double-leveled, you know. We can't have more levels than apple strudel. Good heavens, no. What you see is what you get. That's wisdom. To be transparent. I mean, this is the, even, like, modern business has put us to shame as believers when they try to put in stuff like be transparent, you know. Don't walk in two ways. Be open focused, or you get ripped apart. What a sad thing, you know, if we're ever in a situation 
where a little part of me is over here, another little part of me is over there, and they're not talking to one another. A lot of people live that way. Each one of us can do so. Sometimes, especially people who are very intelligent and very creative, can create two whole lives. Of course, we have some people living double lives, you know. A double life is not right. Two ways. That's not, that doesn't, that's not wise. I remember a very wise priest was talking to the priest, gave a retreat, and he said, every priest has the right to a private life, but no priest has the right to a secret life. And I'd simply say, every Christian has a right to a private life, but no Christian has the right to a secret life where we're living in another little compartment. We're in two ways, double, split. No, no, no. That's why we need to get to confession frequently. Woe to the faint of heart, for it has no trust. No, no, let's be filled with trust. Therefore, it will not be sheltered. Woe to you who have lost your endurance. Life is a long marathon, not a sprint. What will you do when the Lord punishes you? Those who fear the Lord will not disobey his words, and those who love him will keep his ways and not live two ways. Those who fear the Lord will seek his approval. Those who love him will be filled with the law, the law of the Lord that is sweeter than honey from the honeycomb. Not law is a heavy thing crushing us, but the law of love that liberates, the law that shows us just as it's much easier to go down the 401 if you follow the lines and don't go weave all over the place. The lines of the law that shows us how to get from where we are to where we need to be. Those who fear the Lord will prepare their hearts and will humble themselves before him. Let us fall into the hands of the Lord and not into the hands of men. For as his majesty is, so also is his mercy. As his majesty is, we are filled with fear of the Lord. As his majesty is, we're in wonder and awe in his presence, and we need to be. How majestic is your name, O Lord. How great is your name through all the earth. That's why it's so good to come here and any Catholic church in the world spend time at adoration before the majesty of the Lord's presence and the blessed sacrament. My Lord and my God, for as his majesty is, we must live a righteous life, honorable, true and just. So also is his mercy. For when we fail to be attentive to his majesty, we know he will show us his mercy and help us to be more attentive to his majesty. Remember the words of our Lord Jesus, go, sin no more. Your sins are forgiven, his mercy, and sin no more, his majesty. Majesty, mercy, majesty, mercy. Together they are one. And that is wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. We need that wisdom in our lives. Remember, my first spiritual director said, I think he was quoting, I forget who, but knowledge makes a bloody entry. Our hearts are hard and our skulls are thick. That's why we should learn from what happens to us and read Sirach <laughs> a lot. My son, 
If you come forward to serve the Lord, remain in justice and in fear and prepare yourselves for temptation. Set your heart right and be steadfast. Incline your ear and receive words of understanding. And do not be hasty in time of calamity. Await God's patience, cling to him and do not depart, that you may be wise in all your ways. Accept whatever is brought upon you and endure it in sorrow. In changes that humble you, be patient. For gold and silver are tested in the fire and acceptable men in the furnace of humiliation. Trust in God and he will help you. Hope in him and he will make your way straight. Stay in fear of him and grow old in him. You who fear the Lord, wait for his mercy and turn not aside lest you fall. You who fear the Lord, trust in him and your reward will not fail. You who fear the Lord, hope for good things, for everlasting joy and mercy. You who fear the Lord, love him and your hearts will be made radiant. Consider the ancient generations and see whoever trusted in the Lord and was put to shame or whoever persevered in his commandments and was forsaken or whoever called upon him and was overlooked. For the Lord is compassionate and merciful. He forgives sins and saves in time of affliction. And he is the shield of all who seek him in truth. Woe to timid hearts and to slack hands and to the sinner who walks along two ways. Woe to the faint heart, for it has no trust. Therefore, it will not be sheltered. Woe to you who have lost your endurance. What will you do when the Lord punishes you? Those who fear the Lord will not disobey his words, and those who love him will keep his ways. Those who fear the Lord will seek his approval, and those who love him will be filled with the law. Those who fear the Lord will prepare their hearts and will humble themselves before him. Let us fall into the hands of the Lord, but not into the hands of men. For as his majesty is, so also is his mercy. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. <clears throat> 